Indeed, and welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 156, 156, where we're going to do a little X-Men catch-up right before we head to the Monday, a show where me and Brandon are going to talk about some older books that are picked by the listeners and by me and him. But for this episode, I'll be talking about Excalibur, number one, and New Mutants, number one, as we continue to catch up on the X-Books. But before we get into that, let me tell you where you can find us. You can find us on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics, where if you follow us, we'll follow you right on back. Whether you like it or not, we have a website that is weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com where we usually catch or not catch up. We usually have all the new books, uh, all of them almost, reviewed every Monday, but there's no new books. So what we're doing is having some full series reviews, some things that aren't even Marvel, but also some retro reviews, some things that you can check out over at the site if you want to go there. We also have a YouTube channel where I do some videos. I haven't done any this week, but I'm going to go and hit that hard this coming up week. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do there. But that is at Weird Science Comics. And we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where we continue to do a lot of shows. One of the things I'm doing is each and every day I have a daily catch-up show like this X-Book catch-up show that I do once a week. On the Patreon, I do two books each and every day. That is one from Marvel and one from DC. And some of the Marvel things that I've done this past week, Immortal Hulk, Spider-Verse, Black Panther, Doctor Doom, Valkyrie Jane Foster, Doctor Strange, Conan, a bunch of things that we have there. We also have a weekly spotlight where since there aren't any new books, we end up going and doing amalgams of what's going to come out. Like if Spider-Man was going to come out, we'll have a Spider-Man issue that can be voted on by the bad butts of the Fresh Dark Crew. Deep boop. And this past week, what me and Brandon ended up talking about was Spider-Man number 43 from 1966 and Power Pack number one from 1984. Uh, And that's not all. We have a bunch of other things as well. And one of the things I started was a podcast that is going to be a limited series type podcast because it's on a limited series. The book, The Marvels, book by Kurt Busiak and Alex Ross. So I'm going to have a couple episodes dealing with that. I ended up dealing with book zero, the intro episode of it. Uh, But that is something else that's over on the Patreon. We have now, because of the daily show that I do, this daily catch-up show, we have at least one show a day every single day of the week and some two or three. 
We have a bunch of things going on. So just because no new comics are coming out doesn't mean that there's not a lot to be had, especially over at our Patreon where we're doing a bunch of things with older stuff, stuff that's in the Marvel Unlimited app things like that so if you go and check it out you can check it out you can sign up for free you won't be charged until the next month what is that april may it is may it comes after april uh and if you don't like what you hear before may before may 1st you just quit you'll never be charged so you can get a free trial uh that may be something that you're interested in and we'd appreciate it if you go and check it out now coming up on the monday podcast with me and brandon i mentioned that we're going to be talking about some things that are picked by the listeners some things by me and him me and brandon are each going to pick a book or a Pretty much a story arc And then in the meantime We have a poll up On the Patreon that anybody You don't even have to be a patron Anybody can go and vote I'll have the link in the show notes Where there'll be links to other Big stories right now It seems as if you have the Uncanny X-Men number 141 And 142 from 1981 Leading the pack of what we'll talk about And, of course, that's Days of Future Past. But we also have a tie because we're going to pick two of the books, or actually the listeners pick two books that we'll go through. Uh, The other books that are up there that are battling for the second position are The Amazing Spider-Man number 31 to 33. That's from 1965. And it is If This Be My Destiny. And then also Frank Miller's Daredevil 227 to 231 from 1986, The Born Again arc. So whatever two are picked whatever two are the winners they will be featured on the podcast with some stories that me and brandon are picking brandon's probably going to pick the chris claremont wolverine solo series from 1988 that's what he seems to be leaning to i'm going to be doing uh jim steranko's captain america uh from 1969 and that would be captain america 110 11 and 13 the no longer alone tomorrow you live tonight you die or i die and the strange death of captain america those three now with that we'll be talking about one issue per episode and then when we get done we'll have another vote you'll see how it goes once we do it we ended up doing this on the dc side of things and people seem to enjoy it so this is something that we can do where you can maybe be introduced to some things that you don't normally know about or you know things like that or it's something uh you know an old-time favorite that you can hear us talk about and you can shake your head and say they're idiots stuff like that but let's get into the two x books that we're going to talk about starting with excalibur number one all right and it is excalibur number one and that is written by teeny howard with art by marcus toe And I'm going to read the solicit. It's very short, but I'll read the solicit to get everybody in the mood. A new dawn is forged. The other world is rocked by war. It is a new era for mutant kind as a new Captain Britain holds the amulet fighting for the kingdom of Avalon with her Excalibur at her side. Rogue, Gambit, Richter, Jubilee, and Apocalypse. And yes, that's the big thing with this is we're going to get a new Captain Britain. And here's the spoiler. It is Betsy Braddock, Psylocke. And with this going in, I had been warned that this isn't the greatest of books, especially as it began. Uh, The problem I'm going to have with it going into this and especially talking about this first issue is the idea that the X-Men book that we already talked about, X-Men 1, and then I talked about Marauders number 1, 
you had a character that I could grab onto. You ended up having in the X-Men, you just have the X-Men. Uh, in the Marauders, you had Kitty slash Kate Pride, also Storm. You know, a lot of cool things going on there. In this book, you're starting to get further and further away from my grasp of X-Men, and it's a very limited grasp, so it wasn't going to take long to get far away from it anyway. Um, But this idea of the other world, the whole deal of Camelot, Morgan Le Fay, and Captain Britain, that is a bit beyond me. The only thing that I know about Britain is that I'm half British because my mom is from Britain and I hate her guts. So uh, really, you say anything Britain, if it's not fish and chips, it ain't for me. My, my mother's from Bournemouth, if you are British listening to this. And she ended up selling Bournemouth as such a great place. And, and when I finally got to go there, it was nonsense. It really was. And I, I've been there a bunch of times, though I haven't been there in a long time. And I really... I'm getting to the point where when you start getting older, even if you're not, you know, 90 or whatever, you do start to think to yourself, and especially with this quarantine, like, am I ever going to get back to to England? Am I ever going to go back and probably Bournemouth and London, things like that? And I don't know. I really don't know. But uh, my mom and me are not on great terms. We're not on speaking terms. She goes back there every year. So I got to find out when she goes so then I can avoid her and go some other time. But that's not here nor there, though. I really do love British culture and I really do love a lot of British food, even though the big joke is, you know, the, the shortest book ever, The Great Chefs of Britain. Right. You know, that, that joke. And in fact, uh, I am going to be having the uh, British delicacy beans on toast tomorrow for breakfast. We've already said, and my kids all want to go. So eventually I will go back to Britain. This has nothing to do with Psylocke becoming Captain Britain. But hey, I just wanted to throw it in there. But yeah, you you have this. And like I said, you're just getting away from my very, very limited comfort zone. So when you go into this, yeah, I need Teeny Howard to do two things. And two things that I really need uh, is you got to get me on board with the characters, what they're all about. And then number two, you have to make it interesting enough that I want to go to issue number two with said characters. I don't really get both of those in here. I, I get a tiny bit. Like I said, it feels like it's just out of reach as I'm reading this. It's not as interesting as I would hope. And I'm not getting a background as much as I hoped either. So as a new reader, now this is, I have to tell you again, remember, I'm a new reader uh, of the X books. So going into this, you know, seeing Morgan Le Fay leading Camelot in the other world and being pissed off that her scrying pool is full of what you can recognize right off the bat as Krakoa flowers and vines, things like that. That's interesting enough, but it's not going to grab me. The big moments in this are seeing Psylocke, seeing Psylocke go to Krakoa, seeing her talk to her brother, Brian, who is Captain Britain, about their dead brother, Jamie. Then when we get to Krakoa, the whole interplay uh, with Psylocke and the different mutants and her wanting to be called Betsy and not wanting to be called, you know, Psylocke, things like that. And as you go, she has a very complicated history with a bunch of people on the island. 
And that's cool enough, but that's not a wow factor for me because, again, I'm not really down with Psylocke. And even as we go, Apocalypse, that's a big thing, but he wants to be called A. Let's see, the Fonz, A. I don't need that. But you do end up having Gambit. You have Rogue. Uh, that's going to get me on board. That That is where you're going to go. And eventually, when you end up having Betsy actually assume, you know, the mantle of Captain Britain, that is pretty cool. But again, it's not hitting me as hard as maybe some others. When you do go off then to the Fair Green Hall in North Yorkshire to the Coven Solar Blackwood and Mariana Stern, the High Priestess, now you lost me. Uh, and and that is just all right. And this whole deal is just so that Morgan Le Fay can appear and say, "Listen, you know, you you witch covens and all you things. You you seem to worship us, but I'm cutting off magic. I'm I'm cutting you off now. It's it's like it's it's closing time at the bar. Eric's there. He's drunk. He should have been cut off like at nine thirty. But you know, he's just throwing money around. But yeah, she's cutting off magic. But again. This isn't really going to be anything that's going to wow me. When you end up having Betsy get back to Krakoa, she ends up there and Fabio comes up and he's Egg and wants to be known as Egg now. And he says, hey, I, I need your help. I need your help in the hatchery here. I get, Come on with me. I, it's your brother. And it's almost like the whole uh, back to the future. You know, it's not you. It's your kids. No, it's not you. It's your brother. She's like, really, Brian? What? No, no, not Brian. Jamie, he's back. And that's the thing. A lot of the, you know, mutants have come back. Obviously, we've seen this already. So it's no surprise that he's back. The surprise is, is that earlier when Silek was talking to her brother, Brian, about, you know, hey, we're twins. You're my favorite roommate. It's kind of clever little back and forth at the beginning. They mentioned Jamie. Oh, Jamie, you know, it would have been cool if he was around to go to Krakoa as well because this would have been a fresh start for him. Now, it, it's a weird deal of saying that it's very forced in my mind to get to this point just to show that Jamie's a piece of crap. It doesn't matter. There's no fret. There's no clean slate. It's a dirty slate wherever he goes. He's a slime ball. But he's like, hey, and Silox Med, you had the chance to just start over, and here you are. Even though all he's doing is sitting in an egg, that the stuff's spilling out, he's drinking some wine, and as a flower, there you go. I guess that that is bad. But yeah, she ends up getting mad. She even gives him a little psychic attack where you have egg. Like whoa, whoa, whoa! We got actual eggs here. We can't do this. That that'll disrupt these mutants. And I don't know if that is something that might end up playing out later. That that's there. I don't think it will, but it could. Um, but through all of this, you end up having Apocalypse get a hold of Silic and say, "Can you come here? We have these portals. We we've seen the portals all over the place. The portals go as, as far as the moon. We saw with Scott having his house there on the moon. But Apocalypse, he's a guy who who has you know more thoughts going on about these portals and says, "I think that you're." Or everybody seems to be, you know, not thinking fully. We're, we're not giving the full scope of things because these portals, they might not even go, you know, just here. They might be going to other realms. And we have this one. It seems to go to the other world and it's blocked off. You have Morgan Le Fay who has blocked it off with some magic. They can't get in. They want to know why. They want to know how. And the way that they can do that is to 
get something from Captain Britain that may work as a focus, a focal object to allow this to open. Well, better yet, Psylocke goes off to talk to Brian, who's gearing up as Captain Britain. He's going to go. And you end up having Psylocke say, I've been hanging out with, you know, Apocalypse. And he thinks that there's something wrong. And, and Brian's like, really? Like, you're hanging out with Apocalypse? He's the worst. She's like, well, everybody's allowed on the island. And he makes, what, are you having tea uh, with, with Magneto? Probably. That's probably on, on the docket for Monday. But they're going to go. And she says, Apocalypse is on the up and up. I don't think that he's trying to trick you. But it does seem like something's wrong in the other world. And it may be a trap. We'll have to see. Because off we go. Uh, you end up getting a kind of a, a cool little thing where Betsy can, you know, gear up herself at any point with Krakon technology where she has an Psylocke deal. And they go off to the other world, to Avalon, to Camelot. And you do end up seeing that the Krakoan flowers, mind, they're going rampant now. They're like weeds. Uh, and when Captain Britain and Psylocke get there, Morgan Le Fay does not like mutants does not like psylocke and this is where she blames her as being witch bred we're going to get rid of you and the way that she's going to do it is she is now the regent queen of the other world of camelot so captain britain has to follow her orders and pretty much becomes a slave to what she wants to him to do which is attack psylocke and we do get a bunch of attacks while this is going on though you do have apocalypse or a Back on Krakoa with Jubilee, Rogue, and Gambit, and they are going to try to weaken the portal that has the, you know, the other world portal that has the magic. And what they're going to do is just make Rogue grab onto it. She is going to be able to weaken the portal to allow Apocalypse to get through with some psychic thoughts to Psylocke to give her a little advice. And the advice is, you know, use your, use your, uh, you know, construct daggers and attack the pool, just attack the portal, break it open, which Betsy does do as she's getting attacked by her brother, who is now the Dark Knight, Captain Britain, that's being controlled by uh, Morgan Le Fay. Well, while this goes on and it does blow up the portal and does end up seemingly putting Rogue into this crazy vine, sleeping beauty, comatose state, that really does seem to piss off and would piss off Gambit. But uh, while that's going on, Betsy is still in the other world. She still has to fight her brother to get to Morgan Le Fay. And by the end, you end up seeing that her brother's fighting through it and basically says, get get the amulet, get the amulet, and then go through the portal, put it on, go. And you do end up seeing that Betsy goes and does get out of the other world. She's now on Krakow, but she has been transformed and is the new Captain Britain. Uh, and you'll, well, I guess we'll see her having to go back and then try to save her brother, Brian, obviously. But you end up having uh, Miss Stern, uh, Mariana Stern, who was in that coven. She goes off in an epilogue. To try to, you know, get bring some crystals off to the coven Akaba again. That doesn't mean much to me. And uh, I even said three, two things about the book at the beginning. Like I said, I, I need to know more about the characters and I also need to be able to get excited to move on. I'll add a third, actually, because there is a third. A third is you got to get me intrigued enough to want to do some research to catch up and know what's going on. 
doesn't do it either. Uh, I really didn't enjoy this issue that much. There are some moments that are pretty cool, but overall, I actually found the issue to be very boring and also just some things not being fully explained. Again, that might be on me if you want to get mad at me, but whatever. But even just the idea where the portal blows up, Rogue doesn't seem to be hurt as much, but then the vines get... I don't understand what's going on. I really don't. And a lot of things seem very forced just to get what you want out of this, what Teeny Howard's trying... She just wants Betsy to be Captain Britain. So we're there, but, you know, we'll see how that works, how it goes, and we'll have, you know, them trying to get Rogue out of this comatose sleeping beauty state as well. But... Overall, because of all that, I think that the art is great. I'm not going to say anything bad about the art. I think the art, the colors, all of that really is done well. Uh, it's just the story really didn't get me, didn't really get me on board being a new reader. So that's coming from that kind of skewed deal. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 5.5. I could go as high as a 6, but I'm down there. This is my least favorite issue that I have read so far of these X books getting back. And now we're going to move on to some mail. Do you have the time to drive me and Brandon line? Yeah, with Science Marvel Comics at gmail.com. We will read them all at the wrong turn, says Mail Call. Whether they're positive or when they are not. You can give a shout out to your peeps. Make fun of Brandon, but not me. It's all for the weekend show. Brandon lives in Buffalo. Now here's wrong to say. Yo, it's mail call. It is mail call, and here we go with a mail from my man and one of the bad butts of the Fresh Start group. Beep boop, Mark Jager, who says, Hi, Jim and Brandon. Brandon's not here. Brandon right now, at this time, it's actually 1 a.m. I'm recording right now. I believe Brandon might be asleep. I've had a Cinderella song playing through my head now that all of the comic shops are closed and there won't be any new comics for a while. Yes, it, it is not Gypsy Road either. It's you don't know what you got till it's gone. And I agree. And I do love that Cinderella song. And I saw Cinderella in concert back in the day three to five times. I think it was five times I actually saw them. They were really good. I'm glad I was able to get to my favorite LCS Wednesday before they closed because listening to your podcast and reviews made me aware of some books I really like that Marvel has started putting out and I wanted to grab them before it was too late. Now, I do have to tell you, this is a mail that was sent, I believe it was March 27th and Mark sent it and then said, what the heck? I, I've heard you talk mail and you didn't talk my mail. And it was basically because it went to my spam folder. And that's, you know, I don't know if that's my email program throwing shade at Mark, you know, judging him. I, I wouldn't like my email program to judge things like that. But hey, it lives its own life. But yeah, so this is a little bit from the past here. So 
Just go back to when we had that last Wednesday eh, before all this stuff shut down. I really like Spider-Woman number one and look forward to seeing how it plays out. I liked it enough. We ended up talking about that on the Patreon spotlight, and I did like it enough. I just thought that it was a little forced. It it was even a little silly more than I thought it was going to be. I've enjoyed the Black Cat Strikes as part of the Gamerverse series of books, and I heard a lot of people are liking that, and I want to catch up on that as well. Uh, I had fun with Outlawed number one. Not a huge fan, which is right up my alley because I have Shazam and Teen Titans on my DC pull list. And that's the problem is Shazam and Teen Titans are supposed to be fun. Outlawed to me is kind of the party pooper of the young books. You know, all these young characters are having so much fun. So let's make it dark and gritty when there's an explosion and Miss Marvel might be dead. She's in a coma. Nobody's allowed to do them. We have, you know, stormtroopers raiding houses and they're grabbing Riri. And yeah, there's a lot of those books. Now I understand that a lot of the books that I'm talking about, Miss Marvel, the iron heart, but they, they didn't sell champions. Another book that's going to come out of this. Once we get back another book that just doesn't sell. So they're trying to maybe make it a little more mature, trying to get some more people involved. I'm just saying I'm, I'm being selfish. I love young heroes. I love books with young heroes because they're not jaded. They're not miserable. They're not, you know, there uh, with civil war going because that's what this seems. The young book civil war, uh, which is right up my alley said because of Shazam and Teen Titans. I'm also having fun with Miles Morales, which I do like as well. Um, it's amazing how Brian Michael Bendis left Marvel and took over DC. So now my pull list with DC is the few titles he doesn't have a hand in. And I've ramped up my Marvel pull list. It seems with books that he used to do and created characters and now he's off them. Uh, I'm still lukewarm at best with the amazing Spider-Man, which I've had trouble with for a while now, but Spider-Man is my guy thought I was this guy. I I got back into Marvel with Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man, which Chip Zdarsky was writing, and I loved it. And that's another one. That's where Brandon, not a big fan, and he didn't like the Marvel 2-in-1 as much. Uh, But since then, he's a real Chip Zdarsky fan. I'm a huge Chip Zdarsky fan. I keep hearing people tell me about the Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man, and I've never read an issue. I'm going to have to go back and read some of that. I'm going to, maybe when we're done here... At 3 a.m., I will fire up the Marvel app, which I'm right away, I'm telling you right now, anybody who's listening to this that doesn't have the Marvel Unlimited app, if you can afford a couple dollars a, a month, I'd love to say to join our Patreon, but that's second. First, you should get the Marvel app. I mean, I, I am a greedy man, but I, I, I don't want to be a dumb man. And really, it's such a great thing. And right now, actually, as a you know, non-paid commercial, the Marvel Unlimited app, they're actually offering a bunch of free stories that you can go. You could have weeks of reading before you'd even have to even pay for something. So I really do suggest everybody go over and at least check out the free stuff. Uh, But it's so good. It is. I'm glad he's doing a great job on Daredevil now. He is. I had Daredevil on my pull list when Charles Soule was writing it and loved it. Double A Ron didn't. He hated that Charles Soule Daredevil. Am I right in thinking that Marvel has a better pool of writers than DC now? Let me think like, yes, I, I actually do. And, and I have some of the big Marvel writers that I'm not a huge fan of. But even not being a big fan of them, they are 
a little better. Uh, and here's the deal. I don't know. Mark Jager's been reading some of these. He's mentioning some stuff that he's had on his pull list and things like that. I don't know. Maybe me and Mark, uh, it's like the grass is greener over there. We're not as used to the writers, maybe. But I do. And, and I don't know. I'm a DC guy first. And I I was. That's uh, We started, we were doing years of a site and a podcast, DC. But then I needed something more and did come over to Marvel. And I'll tell you, I have more fun with a lot of the Marvel books. It seems like they do have a better stable of writers right now. But it's also the idea that Marvel will just throw 100 books out there. And and that stinks if you want to read them all and you can't afford it. But it's also good because there's variety. There's so much more variety of the books at at Marvel right now, and that's what gets me. I'm turned off by Brian Michael Bendis, King, and uh, Snyder over at DC. Well, I won't have to worry about those guys for a while. No, hashtag pencils down. And yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of sick. But again, I think it's not just the writers, but it is the smaller amount of books and those same writers. Every time a new book at DC's announced, you're just sitting there waiting, like. Well, who's this going to be? Uh, James Tynan, Scott Snyder, Joshua Williams. They're all the same things. There's nothing, you know, fresh, it seems. And he says, thanks for keeping the podcast going strong while we're all cooped up and the pandemic has shut everything down. We're all in this together and you're doing your part. Oh, what a part I'm doing, right? Just sitting here in my room till 3 a.m. while my kids scream and yell at me, though. They are impressed with my cooking lately. I have stepped up my cooking game, my son Rafe said, that I have really gone above and beyond this week with such meals as today, baked ravioli I made. And I ended up making it. I got uh, the recipe, and we had nothing except the ravioli. I mean, if I didn't have the ravioli, then I'm screwed. But I had the ravioli, but we were out of a lot of the other stuff. Everything I said, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make my own breadcrumbs. Oh, I was, I was like Chef Tell. Uh, and he says, see you in seven. And that is Mark, the coffee hunter, Jager. And thank you, Mark. He ended up getting a hold of me today and said, did, did I miss my mail again? Because I said, no, I'm, I'm almost done recording. And now I went and that just to let him know, I ended up redoing all of the stuff again, including this mail. That's why I know to mention it. Uh, I, I just, it's one of those things I even saw, and I'm a big Beatles fan. And I was listening to an interview with all four Beatles after the release of the Abbey Road album before they broke up. And he ended up having George Harrison talking about how his songwriting was getting uh, better. And he got advice from John, who said, don't write a song and then just put it down half done and then come back to it because you're never going to be happy that way. Just go. That seems to be the things that screw me with these podcasts because I end up doing a section and then I'll, you know, but then when I come back, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to record it all again. So it has more flow. I just have to just go with the flow, as they say, Uh, not saying that this podcast is anything near a Abbey Road or George John or anything. It's not even Ringo. Oh, my. that That's shade, right? <laughs> I love Ringo. But, yeah, uh, that is it for the mail. Thanks, Mark. And if anybody wants to get involved in the mail and become the star like Mark, uh, end up emailing us at weirdscience. What is it? What are we? Weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com. 
all these things will be in the show notes if I flub them and things like that. Now, see, I messed that up a little. Now it's going to be grating on me. If I end up going away and not finishing, then I'm going to, so I'm not doing that. I'm going to go right into the things because the next book and the last book of the night is going to be New Mutants number one. All right. And New Mutants number one is an issue that is written by Ed Brisson and Jonathan Hickman with art by Rod Rice. And I will tell you right off the bat, traditionally, I am not a Rod Rice fan at all. And that is kind of a thing in this as well. I I just do not love his art. I never have. Uh, It has that watercolor-esque look at points that is okay. But I, I just, at points, you almost, it feels like if you know what they are, the color forms that the characters are kind of these things that are just placed into a scene and on a background. So because of that, it it does kind of throw me off a bit though. I I do like this. And it's one of those things where I already talked about Excalibur saying that I have no connection to the characters. Now that's the same thing with this to uh, the nth degree, because at least in the Excalibur, I ended up having you know, Gambit, I ended up seeing, and not that they were a huge part of it, but Rogue and things like that. Here, there are characters pretty much, I don't really know any of them. You get a couple new ones, and I'm going to read the solicit in a second, but there is just something to this. It's a lot more fun than Excalibur, and it does make me, it just, and it's one of those, you, you can't quantify a lot of things like this, but it does make me want to learn more about these characters. It makes me like them. And maybe it's because they're all together as a team and they're doing something that is pretty cool to go find their other teammate. Uh, And then you end up having the Star Jammers in there, which, again, I do know the Star Jammers. I only know the Star Jammers from X-Men number one. So it's not like, oh, man, my old friends, the Star Jammers. But... This book, and that's another thing that I want to bring up before we jump into the solicit, is that this is the first one that really, really, in my mind, really shows you that these books are connected, that you end up having the Star Jammers and they use the portal that was put on the ship by Scott when he gave it to his father, Corsair. You end up having the characters of the Star Jammers that we did see at the little get-together party deal on the moon in X-Men 1. And so I think that that is neat. It makes me feel like, okay, I'm getting involved in this bigger deal. This Dawn of X really is connected. And that's one of the things that maybe some people are like, yeah, and that made me have to buy a bunch of books and it's bullcrap, but it is neat. And it's cool to see the connection. But again, like I said, I don't know a lot of these characters. And so when you do see Wolfsbane end up being resurrected, you see where you have Xavier and Storm greet her out of the egg and say, welcome back, sister. You know, you're born again. You're here in all the mutant glory in Krakoa. It's really neat. I don't get the, again, if there is a wow factor to this, if you're a big fan of Wolfsbane and you're like, oh, man, that's awesome. Wolfsbane's back. Uh, I'm not going to get that. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm trying to catch up with everybody and see. And then Karma comes over and talks to her. And it's nice. And that that's what I think that, like I said at the beginning, the thing that gets me in this 
is the idea of team and the idea of family and things like that. There's a big deal, though, as we go uh, on with Cypher. And Cypher is there with Mondo. And Mondo is a new character. And that reminds me, I end up not uh, reading the solicit that I said. And it kind of points some things out. I'll read that. Now, the new generation claims the dawn. The classic new mutant sunspot, Wolfsbane. Mirage, Karma, Magic, and Cypher get together with a few new friends, Chamber, Mondo, to seek out their missing member and share the good news, a mission that takes them into space alongside the Star Jammers. I'll also tell you, too, I think that maybe because you're going into space like that, it it does broaden the horizons a bit, too. So that might be one of the things that kind of drew me into liking this a little more than, say, Excalibur. But you have Cypher, who's there with his new pal there, Mondo, who is... Kind of like a, you know, he's gone green. He can connect with a vegetation. He's connecting to Krakoa. And you have Cypher who wants Mondo to connect fully so that he can talk to Krakoa. And he does end up doing that. And when that happens, it sends Mondo into almost like this pocket universe deal where you have Krakoa talking in a face on Mondo's stomach. And it's pretty wacky, and Cypher doesn't like it, and also Krakoa doesn't like it much, and then Mondo doesn't like it so much either. So when they get done, you end up, Mondo's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. If you do that again, I'm going to punch you. I'm going to punch you right in the face. And Cypher's like, all right, understood. Uh, yeah, so you're you're going, and as it moves on, you are introduced to the characters one by one, two by two, things like that, because then the next scene you get Mirage and Sunspot. And if this issue in my mind is going to make you fall in love with somebody and you haven't read and haven't known the new mutants and things, it is Sunspot that you end up kind of you know going towards. He's the one that there's going to be the big focal point. And I like him. I, I do like him. As they are walking through Kerko, you're getting things, Globs there, uh, who I always love. But they're heading off to, you know, where they're going to hang out with the rest of the new mutants, where they're all there. And they have made coffee. Again, a little thing that's a cool little tidbit there because of the idea that you had Wolverine and Marauders say, yeah, you know, we haven't had coffee. Well, this is something that they have been able to try to get. You end up having and It's funny uh, because when they are there, they're talking about this coffee and Mondo knows who made it. He knows it's like, is that the stuff that new green kid made? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to drink that. That's nonsense. They all love it. Magic's there as well, and so is Chamber. So it's almost like the gang's all here. Uh, And they're just hanging out, and they end up, hey, uh, everybody, you want to go into space? You want to head out? And they do. They end up on the Star Jammer there, and you get all the Star Jammers that, like I said, we already had in the... Uh, the whole X-Men book So these are characters that now These are the ones that I'm going to grab onto um, But they're there with the Star Jammers and their Big reason why they have Gone there, that they're there for Pretty much one reason and one reason Only, and that is to Find Cannonball, Sam And they, he's You know, off, he's in space, he's in Shire space, and that's where They want the Star Jammers to Take them 
Uh, and Corsair, you know, he's kind of a one at man. He mentions that, hey, we can't really get that close to Shire space, but we'll be able to get you close enough. You end up having Sunspot. He's like, well, you know, I do have a lot of money and the number to a really, really good lawyer. That's kind of the joke, though. At the end, it seems to be something that they're going to need. Uh, but it's pretty funny. And while you are heading off to Shire Space, y- you do have a-, a little bit of a-, a combat where they're betting on things between Magic and Roz. And so that's nice. And and it's one of those things. It does pass the time. Uh, it's okay. And But the, the whole thing, Magic does end up beating Raza, which is, is funny as well. But they do end up then at Benevolence. And it's one day later at the edge of Shire Space at Benevolence. And they're going to land. But this is where they're going to land, where Corsair's like, yeah, we're going to go. We're, we're going to go in here. We're going to do a little pirate and we're going to do some things. And you, you can't really go in here. Because they have a lot of ground rules here. They have a lot of cults, this crazy religion that anything you do is a sin. And if if you end up, you know, sinning there, you're in jail forever and it'll be bad news. So everybody, you guys, you new mutants, you stay on the ship. We're going to go take care of things. uh, And we'll see in a minute. And when they go out. And it's just the new mutants are like, hey, uh, we, we should go in there. And plus they get the idea, well, if if there's a lot of people that are in jail for these sins that aren't really sins, like that's a shame and we should probably help them. We should probably go get them out. We They go in. And it's funny, too, because Sunspot, he doesn't want to. He's like, let's just follow the rules. He goes up and he, he had one whiskey from Corsair when Raza got beaten this combat by magic. And so he's like, hey, I'm going to go get that whiskey. We'll just get drunk. We'll hang out. And he goes in when he comes back. They're all gone. He's like, I, I should have seen that coming. But while this is going, you end up having Corsair. They, they're they there. They end up, they dupe the new mutants. The new mutants thought that they were doing, they're not. They're there to steal something. They're going to get out of there. And in the meantime, the new mutants that are there, they get trapped. They end up getting attacked by the, you know, the army of benevolence going in there. And Corsair just leaves and says, you know, I'm getting the hell out of here. We're not going to get them. We're going to leave without them. Uh, you do have some cool things like Chamber using his abilities. You get a bit of a show of what these mutants' abilities are, if you don't know. But when Corsair gets back onto the ship, on this Starjammer ship, he ends up saying to Sunspot, yeah, we're leaving. Your friends, they're screwed. They're back there. And it's one of those where Corsair and the rest of the, the Starjammers, they are jerks here because you end up having Sunspot say, don't you think we should go back? I mean, none of us have done anything wrong to you. And then you go down the line of all the things that they have done to annoy the Star Jammers since they came. And one of the big ones, Raza got his arm cut off while they were fighting with magic. But it is a robot arm, so he can get another one. But you end up where Sunspots, well, I I can't leave my friends behind, so I'm going to go off. And that's where he says, you know, hey, it's a cool deal. I get a lot of money, and I get the number of a really good lawyer. And then at the end, you get a little ad for the lawyer it's kind of funny and uh through all of it it's it's good it's it's actually fun and i i said earlier in the mail i love 
the young heroes, and this has that feel. They're young heroes. They're the new mutants. They're out. Uh, yeah, I don't really know a ton of the history of them or the team, but them going to get Cannonball, this sort of thing, that's cool, and I like it, and I want to learn more. That's what this did. So I'll give it all that. Don't like the art. I really don't. I that Nothing in this convinced me to like the art. It's just a style thing that is not my thing. But even with that, I am going to give it a 7.5, and that's a positive score for me going forward, thinking, okay, this is the one. And so far now, I've only really not liked one book, and that is Excalibur. Even that wasn't horrible. I just hope to get more on board as we go. Uh, The next book and the next two are going to be X-Force number one and Fallen Angels number one, and I've heard a lot of you know, shade about Fallen Angels number one, but I've heard a lot of people like X-Force number one, so I'm looking forward to doing that in the next episode of the Catch-Up, maybe, you know, quickly doing a couple of weeks. I I, I keep saying that, and I really do want to. I just end up getting, you know, tangled up, tangled up in blue, as they say, but that'll be the next deal. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed me stammering through these i apologize for the lack of overall knowledge but that's kind of what this is all about and why we didn't talk about it at first i'm trying my best so we'll do that but like i said the next episode coming out will be me and brandon we'll be talking about some classic stuff doing some older things uh some picked by everybody that's listening if they want to go over there but yeah head over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics to talk to us. You can go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. We also have the YouTube channel that you can subscribe to and make my day at Weird Science Comics. And then also we have the Patreon that if you want to use as a bit of a free trial for the next half of the month, go and sign up. See if you like what we're talking about, all the older things that we're going through, the daily catch up, all the shows I didn't even mention at the beginning. This month is Black Widow month, so I'm going to start featuring a lot of Black Widow stories on the Patreon as kind of bonus material and all that stuff. So, hey, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you can bear with me. And maybe this is something that you're going through with me as well as we, you know, jump on board with the Xbox, get caught up and hopefully be knowledgeable enough when this episodes come to the thing later when the new comics come back and we can all talk about the Xbox each and every week. So thanks a lot, everybody, and I'll talk to you later.